The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, go to jasonqualscfp.com. That's J A S O N Q U A L L S C F P.com. Questions, comments, click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. Also, the social media links are there as well. Are you thinking about retirement? How about five questions to consider or ask yourself before you take the plunge? Of course, the ones that should be on your mind. And I think the the biggest one, if you retired today, what would your income need to be? As strange as it is, and I'm not saying it's an easy question to answer, but obviously you could understand why it's a crucial question to answer regarding retirement if you were retired today how much would it take you to live each month the way you want to live some people interpret that question as well all it would really take is the bare minimum well that wouldn't be what you'd be shooting for in retirement right you don't want to just kind of barely scrape by you want to keep your standard of living that you're comfortable with think about things that may change at retirement, kids gone, that kind of thing. And also add in things that you want to do as far as the fun stuff, the travel, the giving, the spending time with children, maybe giving money to grandchildren, whatever your goals are. Make it as personal as you want. Factor all that in. What is it going to take on an annual or monthly basis to make your retirement dreams come true? Believe it or not, most people have a tough time answering this question. It is something they know they want to retire. They think they believe or they actually are really close to being able to do it financially in the grand big picture of things. But they have never considered, well, what I want it to look like. And I think a big part of a financial planner's uh, assistance here is creating that vision, creating, scaling it back to what's most important. What do you really want in retirement? And then once we know what we need, I think the next thing to focus on is what you got, right? What do you have in Social Security? Do you have a pension? How much of a nest egg have you built in your 401k, your IRA, your Roth IRA, rental property, other investments? And then we look at what you want from a monthly income and what you have and see how close we actually are. Maybe you're ahead of schedule. Maybe you're right on track. Maybe you're financially independent today. Maybe there's still some work to be done. 
But I don't think we need to access what you got as far as it relates to retirement planning till we know what you want. We've got to answer both of those questions. And I think the want, what you're wanting to have happen in retirement is bigger than what you have. A big question for many, not for many, but for some, I should say, where will you live in retirement? Most in this area, and this could just be my client base, some want vacation homes, some want um, to move to the beach, but most are going to stay right where they are. But if certainly if you're planning on moving locations in retirement, those are some factors to consider in there. Factors that may seem overwhelming. Moving to a state that has income taxes? Need to figure that out. Maybe you're moving to a state that has lower taxes. We need to figure that out. In Tennessee, we really don't have an income tax anymore. Now, there was the hall tax for many years. I think that has expired or will expire the next month or so. If it hasn't already, so we don't have to worry about that. So as long as you're not picking up and moving from Tennessee to another state with an income tax, pretty much going to be right where you are. But those are things to consider, but also cost of living in that state if you're selling a house in Rutherford County, let's just use crazy California as an example. A lot of people moving from California to the south in Tennessee. That's the word on the streets anyway. You sell a house, uh, a 1,500 square foot house in California, and some of you have a lot of equity in that house, you might be selling it for a million. Uh, you're going to buy, you know, just with, if you had 80% of that in equity, you're going to have $800,000 in cash, going to be no taxes on that that sale because it was your personal residence, assuming, well, I guess there could be because your gain would be high enough. Those are the only people who are going to pay the, the tax on a personal residence because they're the ones that only have the gain enough to do so. So there may be some taxes on that personal residence uh, sale because if you're married, filing jointly, if you have a profit on your personal residence when you sell it at 500000 or more, then you're going to pay profit or tax on the profit that's more than the 500000 But for most people, they're not going to have a gain that high. So you're going to come in with $800,000. What's it going to get you in Middle Tennessee? It's going to get you, what, 5,000 square feet maybe? 4,500 square feet? A lot more land, a lot bigger house. Maybe it gets you a couple houses. Maybe you buy two different houses. You buy a house to live in. You're already used to living in a 1,500-square-foot house or 2,000-square-foot house, and you buy one as a rental. These are all things to work through. All things to work through. A big one, kind of. This probably should have been number two to focus on in your retirement planning questions. What's it going to look like? What are you going to do? Do you truly want to retire, or do you just truly just hate your job that you currently have? For some people, they enjoy working. They may not enjoy where they're currently working, but they enjoy working, and that has been a part of their identity for a long time. You need to be comfortable with what the decisions that you make. And don't make anything on an emotional basis or a rash basis. You see how everything really circles back to to being multifaceted with the last retirement planning question on today's segment is health insurance. If you're retiring pre-65, what are we going to do about health insurance? So we, we, we covered a lot of ground in the last five or six minutes. Don't go at this alone, people. You're too close to your own situation to make sure you're doing it thoroughly. You know, a lot of people think, well, you don't need a financial person to manage your investments. Well, 
Whether you do or you don't, that's up for debate, and I can debate it with you. But as far as the planning part of it, the stuff that's not necessarily related to investment management, you do need someone to help you. I believe you're too close to the situation. All right, that's the top five questions to ask yourself if you're thinking about retirement. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Back after this, we'll be talking taxes with Kevin Sizemore, CPA, right after this. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to JasonQualsCFP.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Joining us now is Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tothero Health and Welch. THWCPA.com if you need tax help. That's the website to check out. The Internal Revenues has, Revenue Service has announced tax changes for 2022. And I guess the income tax brackets are what index for inflation. What other major changes do we have coming on? I thought in this infrastructure bill with the Biden thing, there were some tax changes. There was originally, but... They took it out and going to do that out. separate. The only thing that really, I think, uh, was a tax issue in that uh, infrastructure bill was an end to the ERTC credit, uh, which was a credit for employers uh, through payroll. Uh, that ended with third quarter of 2021, so that's that's over with now. Uh, you can still file amended returns and get those credits, but uh, that that's something that's not affecting everyone. Uh, but yeah, they're going forward with it, and my understanding is they pivoted really quick, and now they're talking about uh, another spending bill, which has the tax uh, changes stuff in it. it. Yeah, yeah, I was digging and digging and digging because I read and you know, I try not to keep up with tax articles because. You never know how it's all going to shake out. You read up on it, you think this is going to happen, and it never does, and this is another instance. But I I just was never under the impression they would remove most, if not all, the tax changes in that bill. 
That's right. The IRS raises thresholds to keep pace with consumer prices. However, October's year-over-year increases of 6.2% were even greater than September's year-over-year increase of 5.4%. Many Americans are paying more for everything, including food. While the tax thresholds are changing, the tax brackets have remained the same with the lowest at 10%, the highest at 37%. But the income that qualifies to be in those brackets is what's different. The standard deduction is now twenty five or will be twenty five thousand nine hundred dollars for a married couple filing jointly. So let's talk tax brackets for a minute. Was there any drastic major change there? Just a little, just indexing for inflation was yeah. it, this five or six percent increase? Yeah, just indexing for inflation, and they, they've got the new. Uh, tax tables out so you can find those online but all this could be temporary if there is any new legislation because i don't think we'll continue to see uh the top tax rate at 37 percent. right the the talk is that's going to 39.6 under the biden plan which it used to be that i think that's right right. and all this stuff i think uh most of these rates were to go back was that not the case or were they they made permanent Back no, 2025, it all goes back to before what Trump did. Yeah, so, you know, whatever. They don't have to do anything. Yeah, they don't stay have Stay in office. <laughs> that's right. And it, 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 it would go back in 2025. A lot of that stuff they call sunsetting. So it would go back in 2025 to what they were previous. And the previous top rate was 39.6. And there was no 10% rate, right? No. Was no. there a 12 and a 15? There was a 15. Was there a 12? I think there might have been a 12. I can't remember. Or is it a 15 and then a 25? Or is that the starting rate? Doesn't really matter now. They're they're going to, to alter it. The big thing that everyone's concerned about is the capital gains tax rate. That going up, which it more than likely do. If someone approaches you and says, hey, I have this investment that's gained, you know, has, a, has a gain in it. And I thought all the, I held on to it because taxes were 15%, but now... If Biden raises capital gains taxes, I'm thinking about selling it now before he does. So, what would you? What is your deciding factor there? Is there is there a method you use to tell someone, hey, it's time to sell because it looks like they're going to change it, or do you just say, wait it out? I say wait. Wait it out because I don't want them coming back to me and saying, hey, I took your advice and it didn't change. Right, and it didn't change. I think we were there maybe ten years ago. That was the thing. Is it was speculation that capital gains tax rates would go up, and they did not. And a lot of people did liquidate investments before the end of the year, and they certainly regretted it. Well, and, and I think what they're talking about now is those capital gains rates going up for higher income earners or higher net worth individuals, not necessarily your everyday person that you know is piddling in the stock market. Well, true, true, but um, you never know how it's going to shake out. Yeah. But then I don't think the news articulates that very well because it gets a lot of people freaked out and they think it's going to impact everyone. But no one really knows what's going to happen. My deal with taxes is looking at, you know, no matter what the proposed change is, looking at it currently and saying, well, if we sold it all today, here's what you would pay. If we held on to it and there was a market decline, how much of a market decline would you have to suffer for it to be worse than paying the tax? Because that's typically where financial planners come in. We're selling something for a gain that we no longer want to own, but we just can't jump out of it too swiftly because we're trying to minimize taxes. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'd agree with that 100%. And in large part, on many investments up until the last few years, people who held investments because of taxes, 
there was a market decline, and that market decline was more than the amount of money they would have paid in taxes. Kevin Sizemore CPA with Tother Owen Hill and Welch is here today. THWCPA.com, 50 years in the business doing payroll, income tax planning, personal and business. Also do financial statements. Tell a little bit about everything that the firm does here on a local level for just everyday folks. Of course we do. Obviously we do taxes, personal, business, you know, partnerships, S-Corps, corporations, nonprofits. Uh, we also do uh, bookkeeping uh, for smaller clients uh, that, you know, see the benefit of us handling that or and or their payroll as well. Uh, that seems like a, uh, a a growing sector uh, of our, our of our business. We also do uh, for larger clients that need audits or reviewed financial statements or compilations. Uh, we do take care of those for them. A lot of contractor work where they have to provide financial statements to the state licensing board. We handle a lot of those uh, throughout the year. Uh, and that that's pretty much it, and we do some we do a lot of tax planning as well in the off season. And this is is it really off season ever for an accountant these days? It has not been the last <laughs> two or three years. Right now is probably the off season, but you know we're preparing uh, for uh, the next tax season right now and meeting with clients that are you know want to get ahead of the game and see where they're at and and. Uh, kind of budget their their tax payment and know what's coming up here in the next few months all the crypto guys listening were probably like hey there was a tax change in the infrastructure bill that recently passed and signed into law by biden the cryptocurrency brokers such as coinbase will be required to record transactions tracking them for customers and the irs similar to the way stock and bond brokers do currently in on form 1099b They'll have to disclose the names, addresses, phone numbers of their customers, gross proceeds from sales, and any gains or losses. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm not a crypto expert, and I think this is a good thing unless you're investing in crypto and you're wanting to keep it secret. How does this go to those who buy crypto and they keep it on their uh, – the term has left my, main, my brain for a moment – where they have it on their personal hard drive? where only they can access it with the code. It's more private. To my knowledge, that no one is supposed to know that you own that much in I, that way. Yeah, I don't know. If you own it and you've got, I know what you're saying, your wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah your, your, your but secure wallet that's not tied right. to like an online account. I don't think they're going to be able to see how much you have. I think the IRS is going to be more... Uh, more i guess they're going to want to know more about the trades that you made throughout the year so they can tax it appropriately because uh, i'm sure no one is really paying the tax on it now <laughs> no well I, i'm not going to say no it is very it'll hard be one that you say oh i forgot all about that yeah because a lot of people that do crypto they trade a lot a lot and so you end up having to build spreadsheet and, and some people want to do it right and they want to pay the tax on any gains they had uh, so you end up building all these spreadsheets, and hopefully this new law will will minimize that, and now they'll give us the information just like a normal brokerage will do. Crypto advocates say language defining a crypto broker is far too broad because it ropes in any entity that provides a service 
for effectuating the transfer of digital assets. That language, they say, could mean that crypto miners who provide the massive computing power needed to validate transactions and the software developers might be expected to report information that they can't even access. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think this is going to go as smooth as they think. Yeah, it's going to increase some tax. They're going to get some revenue off of it. You know, the big ones, Coinbase and other ones, are going to be reporting, and it's going to make it easier for taxpayers, or you know, maybe make you mad because now you have to pay tax on it. But a lot of the you know the behind the scenes stuff is not going to be tracked, and the people who are making doing this on large scales, I would assume they're they're not going to want to be tracked. Right. <laughs> they're not going to come in and say you know because. I again, I don't know how all this digital wallet, not digital wallet, but kind of hard drive wallet works. But to my mind, in my mind, it's been explained to me that it's something you, you have with you. It's it's something that no one can access. No one really knows that. They may have known you originally bought it, but they don't really know what you did with it after you bought it. It's just on this little hard drive, and it is private. And until you, I guess, link it up somewhere and transfer it somewhere. Right. But you wouldn't have to necessarily transfer it through one of these cryptocurrency brokers. You could do it probably in another electronic way. Yeah, I could buy it from you privately. Right. And then what? Uh, yeah. How would anyone know about that? It is very, very strange. Or just trading for goods and services, keeping it simple. But how did they stick that in there? Why was, was that just something no one cared about and left that part in there? Well, I think they're trying to get it because that's not, Honestly, nothing to do with infrastructure. Right. I think what they're trying to do there, I think the ultimate goal is to treat it as a, a basically a, uh, a security that's uh, taxable uh, and treat it just like they would Ford stock or, you know, some kind of stock. And, you know, and a lot of people look at it that way, but it's really cryptocurrency is that's not what it is. It, it really is more of an exchange fund is what it is. Right. Well, I think the good thing about it, it, I hate more taxes, but, you know, obviously money laundering could come into play with cryptocurrency, and that leads to a lot of bad people in a lot of bad areas of the world, and terrorism being one of them. And if you had to kind of pay some person to do an illegal job, and you're looking for a place to hide it, because this was the thing back in the Bush administration, we had the Patriot Act. We want to make sure we know what's going on. We make sure that, you know, if you're... You're transferring big transfers, and you're a shady individual. They can kind of trace back to where it's going, so they can kind of stop things before it happens. And we would probably have some regret if we didn't do this on the crypto side of something bad happened again in the United States. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qual, certified financial planner. Stick around. We're back right after this. have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. 
call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Give it to me, I'm worth it. So this is Financial Coaching Radio, the one place to give you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell. Certainly not peddling any live event tickets or financial products. I'll leave that to the other shows. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Jason Qualls, CFP.com for all about me. Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Still in the house is Kevin Sizemore, CPA, with Tothero, Hell, and Welch. Year-end tax planning, a common theme that has happened as of late. Well, let's talk about not, not not on that. I was going to go and turn your personal residence into a rental and all that stuff. Anything that you've been involved with or seen more regularly to do with VRBO type stuff, you know, short term vacation rentals and the taxation on that, because that is a newer thing that more people have gotten involved with. And they're highly profitable for some people that it's not your traditional rental property. Well, OK, I could take that a few different ways, but the uh what I've seen on on uh, on this particular avenue, any rental property, a lot of people get into people that can afford rental property. A lot of times, make above the limit to deduct those losses, and they get into it to maybe have a tax write off, you know, for through depreciation or whatnot. And I think so. You rent it out. You have expenses uh, pertaining to your rental. You depreciate some of it, and at the end of the day, you have a loss. You have a loss, and you, and most people expect to take that loss. You um, should be able to show it on your tax return. Right. And you do record the loss on your tax return, but like a married couple filing jointly, I think the any loss is completely exhausted after $150,000 in income. So let's say I have a rental property and for the year just on paper I have I can show a loss of $5,000. That's mostly because of depreciation. Right. And I have a wife and we make $200,000 jointly we're going to file a joint return and I would hope to be able to take that loss on my tax return so I would pay less taxes. But if I make more than a certain amount, that's a disallowed loss. That's right. It's disallowed, but what happens is you get to carry that loss over year over year. It'll help you in the future. It'll help you. It'll off, when you go to sell that property, it'll offset gains. Yeah, point. so the, the the ongoing annual incentive to buy a rental property is not there like it used to be. Right, years and years ago. Does regular rental property differ in any way than the short-term vacation rentals? Because you're, you're, paying, you're, pay, you're buying it, and then you're renting it. I didn't know if there's no. any special. No. No, it doesn't. Just uh, hire. It'd be harder to really show a loss on that because those things make a ton yeah. of money. What what I've come across, and I can't remember what it's called. Like it's called arbitrage or something like that. It's a Airbnb type thing. And what what happens is, and and apparently there's money to be made in this. You go and you rent someone's Airbnb, and then you turn around and rent it for a higher price. And people are making money doing this. Like you know, you go in and say, "Well, I'll rent this from you for." you know, 60 days at a high, at a lower <laughs> price, and then you worry about getting it uh, rented. You're kind of subbing it. Yeah, you're subletting it. That's what you're doing. And and you don't, obviously in that case, you don't get to take any depreciation because you don't own anything there. 
Just getting the money. You're just getting the money. So what issues does the IRS have with that? Uh, they do not. I, I don't think they do. I'm assuming that would be a violation of, of an agreement on somewhere because if you're renting it out, you, you want it to be someone that's that's going to be a tenant. Because yeah. there's there's I guess liability and risk issues with just damages if you're someone who's subletting. Oh yeah, there, but there's whole websites out there. This is a whole like little <laughs> little deal that people are doing. That just means you're charging too low of rent, right? Yeah. If you had market rent, then you wouldn't nobody would be able to do that for you. That's amazing. So is it is it websites that teach people that, that how to process this and find these deals, or is it just hey these are sublet deals that we found? No, I mean, <laughs> there's a whole like website that where you can go and uh, and it'll take care of it for you. Like uh, you put your property that you've leased out on that website, and uh, inst- you know just like Airbnb. Uh, and, and that's how it works. But if someone has a second home and they rent it out, what is the limit you can you, you can stay there? Is it ten days or something like that? Fourteen days. Fourteen days. Yeah. So if you you want to stay at your own vacation house that's a rental and not run into some, it's not really issues, but have some, I guess, be able to deduct that. Right. It's fourteen days. You can't stay there more than fourteen days. How does that? So if, what if you're VRBOing your your own personal house? You have to pick up the income. As, so uh, just pick it up, income, no depreciation, yeah, no, no expenses. Depre- yeah, no depreciation. No maybe expenses. marketing expenses, maybe. Yeah, marketing expenses. You might be able to allocate some of your expenses, like taxes and insurance and stuff like that, to that short-term rental. But but in the past, if you converted a personal residence to a rental, there was you know a little bit of initial headache with making sure your record-keeping is right, because if you went, over to, went to sell that rental, you're going to have to account for that one time it was your residence does that come into play if you with your personal residence just being a short-term vacation rental because it's a temporary thing is it just you record the income don't worry about it, it was, that's what you did it's kind of like renting a room out uh, you're saying take the personal residence and convert it to a rental well take the personal residence and vrbo it all the time oh still there more than 14 days still still your primary residence yeah and that does that run into the same snag as turning your personal residence into a rental i would say so i i would are you living there still yep still gonna live there as when i'm not renting it yeah no depreciation in that case you're just renting out a space for a time and you're just gonna pick up the income well this crypto real estate or just your general tax questions reach out to tethero helen welch thwcpa.com kevin what's that local phone number you have an office right here in murfreesboro 848-1072 this is financial coaching radio stick around i'll wrap up the show keep it locked in right here on wgns how much are your investments costing you each year most people don't have a clue why is this extremely important because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, Jason Qualls, CFP. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? 
tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. So this is Financial Coaching Radio. Listen online anytime, as always, at financialcoachingradio.com. Click archives. You'll get a long list of all the past shows. Show's a bit unique. One, we're accessible. We're local. We're not watering stuff down. We're not talking about the next and greatest book we have to sell or our family member's new book. We're talking about topics that relate to you. Why do they relate to you? Because they relate to our clients, and our clients are here in Middle Tennessee just like you. Go to financialcoachingradio.com, click archives. A lot of people freaking out about inflation. They're worried about inflation. Inflation is here. Uh, to the level that it's here, I think the news is kind of overhyping it a bit. But the consumer price index did rise about 6% for the 12 months ending in October. That's the largest 12-month increase since December, December 1990. Uh, one thing that is usually left out of that scare tactic, not that prices haven't risen, is that prices went down from 19 to 20. So the difference between 20 to 21, of course, is going to look worse on paper. But what was the change from 19 to 20? Getting really close to that normal number. We didn't have a whole lot of inflation for a while. Now, I'm not happy about the inflation numbers. we got to keep things in perspective, look at the real data. Uh, that's what we're about on Financial Coaching Radio. If you're looking to learn more about what I do, why I'm unique, why I am one of the only independent commission-free financial planners in Rutherford County, go to jasonqualscfp.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. I'm out of here for today. I appreciate you listening. Keep it locked in. More local talk right after this.